This is a Spoonyville podcast, chronically candid conversations, and I'm your host, Morgan Green. What's up, what's up, what's up, beautiful people? Welcome back. I am thankful to have you. Just want to say happy new month. And it's finally March, you guys. We are hopefully transitioning from winter to spring. So I hope you guys are in good mental and physical and emotional health. Anywho, let's get to it. So yeah, it's March and I don't know if you guys realize, but it's pretty much going on about a year that we have been dealing with the pandemic, the panini, the panunu, the panderosa, whatever you want to call it. We have been faced with COVID for about a year now. And that has looked, you know, very, very different for a lot of us compared to what our lives were a year and a half ago, if that makes sense, you know? I don't think that any of us were really prepared for just the longevity of what the pandemic was gonna do to us. And I just wanna kinda talk about this and I hope you guys rock with me because I know it's slightly different than my normal talks. But yeah, um, the first thing I wanted to say is that, you know, comparing one year of COVID to I'm coming up this year to five years with a chronic illness. And I honestly feel like you guys having a chronic illness prepared me in a lot of ways for facing the pandemic and quarantine and social distancing, you know, um, I was kind of weirded out by a lot of my friends and relatives when they were talking about how they were depressed and just all these different emotions. And I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? And I had to take a step back and not be so judgmental. Don't do that, Morgan. Um, Yes, not be so judgmental because I was already in this space. I had already gone through that very, very difficult year of my life where I had to abruptly transition to doing what I wanted going where I wanted, having full control and autonomy over my life to basically being a recluse in my house because of my chronic illness. And that's a lot of what our friends and family had to face this past year. And it's very, very difficult as you know, to wrap your head around this new reality. So I had to kind of call myself out and make sure that I wasn't judging them because I had a similar transition. It just happened years ago so when COVID happened it was kind of just like oh okay oh I'm at home oh I can't go out and socialize the things that I was already doing because I have made changes to my life um because of my chronic illness so yeah it's really difficult to see my friend struggle even you know my little brother just watching him transition and struggle to you know not having any friends and becoming like this computer addict just the effects that it's having on especially our children um so yeah this is a a very very tumultuous time in our lives probably one of the hardest times i faced outside of my chronic illness so i'm pretty sure that if you don't have a chronic illness or haven't had anything you know drastic like this happen to you this is probably one of the hardest years of your life well their lives mostly everyone that's listening here has a chronic illness so we know about a different level of struggle but yeah it had really got me questioning about what does this mean for you know life as we know it like what does normalcy look like now and for me i feel like it looks a lot the same 
um, minus having to wear the mask and also um I feel like the quality of my health care is a little different, you know, having to go to my appointments and I have, you know, my support person with me. Even when I'm going through different things, like if I'm having a health crisis, the fear of having to go to the hospital and be completely alone because you can't have that support person with you. It does impact us, actually. Um, I haven't seen my actual health care providers in person in well over a year. So that's kind of frustrating because even though we have technology and we can see our doctors via, you know, Zoom or what have you, Teladoc, um, it's not the same. I've had a dermatology appointment over the computer, but sometimes the computer, you know, the camera doesn't get everything. So it was very, very difficult to get that same quality of care. But as far as returning to, you know, normalcy, I had like a couple of different, you know, notions and thoughts as I thought about this, you know, um, things are opening back up and to me, you know, recently, what was it? Both Texas and Mississippi announced that they are opening up 100%, which is, you know, I feel like our leaders and they're doing what they believe is best for their areas and their locations. And I know that, you know, small businesses have been struggling. Businesses in general, the economy is struggling because people aren't spending, they can't spend. It has had a lot of impact, correct? I don't have an issue personally with places opening up because just because a place is open doesn't mean you have to go. At least that's my train of thought, but maybe I'm a little um, different when it comes to that line of thinking. Um, but I don't understand why we're lifting the mask mandates. And I get it that a lot of people feel like they're healthy as an ox and, you know, Nothing's going to get them down. However, the masks aren't just for personal protection. They protect you and those around you. So I feel like it is very, very reckless to lift those mandates. Open up all you want, but don't lift those mandates because that then does put, you know, me and others in my community at risk. And so that's very, very difficult for me to support. Thankfully, I'm not in the area that has lifted the mask mandates, but I am afraid of what that will look like, you know, in the months to come as more states decide to open back up. And to that same, you know, vein, when I'm looking at, you know, going back to work, um, I've been blessed, 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 blessed that my job has been very, very compassionate and flexible with me because they knew about my chronic illness and they have not press the issue of me going back to work full time. However, I'm starting to feel those little nudges, you know, like, oh, well, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Or what's your plan? And it makes me very uncomfortable. And I fear for like, okay, am I going to have to risk my health for a paycheck? And that's a very, very um, difficult place to be in life, especially when you know the economy is the way that it is and people aren't really hiring and everyone's struggling. Like businesses are closing, everybody's looking for a job. So I don't want to lose my job, but I also don't want to put my health at risk. And which then rolls around to the conversation about getting the vaccine. You know, that was one of the conversations that not my direct supervisor, but my supervisor's supervisor kind of had a conversation with me while pressuring me when I was coming back to work to um, say, well, what are your plans and are you getting the vaccine? Which is something that I don't believe he should be able to ask me because it's my personal business, but what have you. 
Um, he was just like, well, I think you should get it. And it was a lot of pressure. So I wanted to kind of just give my stance on the vaccine business, but please, I am not a doctor and I don't think anybody should take my personal opinion and carry it as law. But for me, I kind of look at the vaccine as, you know, the regular flu shot, so to speak. I personally don't get the flu shot. I've never gotten the flu shot and in general, I'm a healthy person and I know you guys are like, you can't be healthy, you have a chronic illness. I typically do not get like the cold and the flu and those type of, you know, viruses. If I'm sick, it's because my immune system is attacking me. Like, it's me, you know, that's beating me. Humble brag, I guess, or weird flex rather. Um, But yeah, so I'm not used to getting the flu shot at all. And I feel like my thoughts and opinions on the vaccination have been largely impacted because I do have a chronic illness. You know, I personally don't feel like there's enough knowledge or research for me to feel comfortable making a decision to get a vaccine. You know, it's just been a year since we've been under siege and they started doing these trials and things, but we don't know the long-term effects. We also don't know how putting a vaccine like this into my particular body that is already immunocompromised is going to affect me, maybe not today or tomorrow, but down the road. You know, so I'm really not comfortable with getting the vaccine at this current present moment, even though there are people who say, yes, I got it and I'm fine. We all know that no two bodies are exactly the same. So just because patient A was fine doesn't mean that me, (laughs) myself, I am going to be fine as well. And that makes me very, very nervous. So I personally am going to hold off on getting the vaccine for as long as I can, um, just so I can get more information and really see some like hard, concrete facts to support why the vaccine is going to be good for me and to mitigate, you know, any possible inflammation or crisis because there are people I know who have chronic illnesses who have gotten the vaccine and it has caused a flare up in them. Nothing to the point that they're going to die, but it was just a a crisis. So they went into a bit of a crisis for like a week and then they were able to come back down. Now you may say, okay, well, a few days of flare up a crisis is better than possibly dying from COVID. Possibly, I definitely won't take that from you. Um, But who's to say that when I get it, that crisis won't span months, you know? So it's a very, very fine line and I'm just really, really teetering on the fence. I don't know how to move forward. So if you are questioning whether you should get the vaccine or not, I definitely encourage you to talk to your doctor, have a very, very candid conversation. Don't let them just say, oh yes, get it. And then you just move forward. Like ask for as much information as you can possibly get. Ask for, you know, well, how many of your patients have actually gotten it and what have they reported? You know, do your due diligence, reach out to other people um, in your community. If you have, if you're in support groups or if you're, um, you know, have friends or just anything on on the internet and the Facebook groups and see what we're actually doing because I definitely don't want us any of us to go out there with have information and make a rash decision because we're just so in a rush to um, get back to normalcy. At the end of the day, I suggest that you pray if you're a believer and ultimately you have to do what's best for you and your life and your loved ones and 
you know, it's a difficult decision, but I have faith that we all choose the best things for us at the particular time and junctures that we are in. So yes, that is pretty much all I have this week. I just want to, again, just recap that you guys, we have been at this for a year and I know there are days where we feel like we're drowning and we, you know, are failing. You know, I even have moments where I felt like I was failing. I was like, wow, we've been in COVID for a year and what have I accomplished? Because again, as I've said, I'm a type A personality. So I always feel like I have to be producing or I'm not successful. So I had to stop that, you know, that narrative in my own mind, because, you know, if all you did this past year would just survive, stay afloat then you did something worth applaud so give yourself a round of applause and sorry guys <laughs> give yourself a round of applause and celebrate all of your wins and yes i pray hope wish that you guys are doing well and i will talk to you all next week bye bye